Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. If you don't know me personally, I, my name is Brandon, uh, just part of the church family, and uh, I am one of the pastors on staff, but just grateful. It's, it's been a, such a fun journey. If you don't know the story, we started just in September, uh, so if you feel new, we do too. Uh, so it's good. We're all new in the room. And uh, so we are uh, just excited, though, for what God is doing in this space and what he's going to continue to do. We say uh, something we say here, the best is yet to come, and God's only begun. And so uh, just glad you're on the journey with us. Hey, we are starting this week a brand new teaching series we're calling When People Collide. And uh, it's a great one. It's on relationships. And uh, we're really excited. We've been waiting for this series uh, for quite some time, we've had this plan for a while. Uh, but what, what I know about relationships is that we all have different levels of comfort when it comes to talking about relationships. Some of us approach this with high anxiety and some with some great anticipation. You know, It's all in the room, though. We get that. Uh, there's just a lot of different ways we can approach relationships or talk about them or talk, not talk about them. Um, but, and, and some of that just comes from who we are, uh, who, where, where we come from maybe, or maybe the role that specific relationships have played in your life. It, it all kind of speaks into that. Uh, like for me, I'm one of three brothers, if you didn't know. I am the youngest and the shortest and the smallest in general. And so um, it just, and growing up with three brothers, I grew up on a farm and you know, there's just certain ways that you learn to communicate and express your feelings and devotion to one another when you are growing up with three brothers. And so there was this thing that my brothers did. I don't know if, if you have older brothers, if they did this to you, but they would do this thing where they would, they would pin me down on the ground and they would put their knees on my shoulders. Does anyone ever know where, anyone know where I'm going? So what they would do is at that point, they would let some spit begin to form in, in between their lips and just begin to drop down. And then right before it dropped, they would slurp it up. Sorry if this is too graphic, but here we go. So they would do that, and they would, you know, they would do that until they, they missed the slip, the, the, the slurp. They, you know, that's, that's kind of what it was. And, and there would be this small morsel of their um, feelings for me put in my eye socket. And do you know what that meant growing up? That meant I love you. And that, yeah, it actually meant I love you from the bottom of my heart. And so that's just, you know, I th that's what I grew up thinking. That's you know, how you showed your affection. And so you may not know this, but my wife, Hannah, and I, we were high school sweethearts. And uh, so I began dating her when I was a junior in high school. And one Saturday in the fall, she came over to our house to help rake the leaves. How many of you know that is a keeper right there? Come on, we were, we were, I was ready. Let's get married. Let's do this thing. So she came over to help. And I just was so, you know, my heart was so filled with just this act of service, so beautiful. And I thought, I just want to show my affection for her. And I only knew one way how. It's not a lie. It's, I'm telling you the truth. It really, I'm not going to explain the story. And I know now that it's not appropriate, that it wasn't a good move. But she let me know it was the first time and the last time that's ever happened. But, you know, I learned that day, and you, I'm not lying. It really happened. But I learned that day that, that not everybody shows affection the same way. You know, just I hadn't, hadn't thought that through before. So I'm sure you might have some stories like that. And really the reason why we talk about relationships um, is because somebody needs to tell you, right? They need to tell me. That's not normal. You know, just don't, don't do that. Um, and uh, honestly, though, God really cares a lot about our relationships. Nothing matters more to him than our relationships. And um, 
You know, the other reason why we wanted to talk to them specifically about them in this series is because of this, because we all have relationships in need of repair. We really do. We all have relationships in need of repair. Isn't that something to think about? All of us. And it may be at work. Maybe it was a boss we had uh, or we have. And, you know, there's just kind of this, uh, the elephant in the room that just doesn't get discussed, but we know it's there. There's, there's a breach there. Maybe it has to do with a coworker that's just gotten under our skin. Maybe an employee that has gotten under our skin. And we just, you know, we just kind of push it off to the side. But we know the relationship. It, it's got some repair needs. Maybe it's in your extended family. Maybe it's a uh, maybe it's an in-law, or maybe it's a sibling, or maybe it's an ex, or uh, maybe it's you know it could be a number of things. You just you've got some some relationships there, and every holiday it's just really awkward, and you just know it's going to be awkward, and you you don't know how to really move forward, but you just kind of it is what it is. Um, maybe it's in your own family, in your own home. Maybe parents that you never really made things right with, or children that you've never made things right with. Maybe they're in the same bedroom with you. There's relationships in need of repair. And maybe for you, maybe you're not the one who is offended. Maybe you were the one who was the offender. And it, it just, you, you don't even know how to, you really don't know how to move forward. Like you've said, I'm sorry, you've, you've tried, but just there's, there's no re- repair being done. You know, we all have relationships like that, right? And we, we all have relationships in need of repair. But the, the truth about something like that is that not only do we have that, but we all have um, broken relationships, and broken relationships, they tend to affect more than just our broken relationships. And while you're thinking about that, let me take a minute to break down the breakdown, if you will, uh, for this. For this series, we're going to call this, this right relationship is, is kind of the definition I'm going to give to what God really wants for you When it comes to relationships in your life, he wants relationships to be life-giving, to be something that brings joy and value and fulfillment. He really has a a very high hope and design for our relationships. Um, But what happens is anytime there's a breach of trust in a relationship, it causes a gap. It causes a gap. And, And the challenge with that is even beyond this, the initial rift, this gap can cause a lot of pain. In fact, in, in this gap lives pain, and in this gap lives shame, or maybe bitterness has formed in here, unforgiveness. In this gap lives uh, guilt, condemnation. In this gap lives lots of things, and the challenge with that is that they tend to leak. The things in the gap tend to leak into our values. They leak into our opinions and, and our perspectives. They leak into how we form new relationships, right? Right? Like, I'm not going to trust again if that's what they did to me. In this gap, these things, they leak into even our relationship with God and how we view God and how he could possibly view us. And on each side of this gap, there live two parties. There's the offender and then there's the offended, the one who, who maybe was the initial aggressor and the, you know, caused the breach, and the one who really was wounded in the process. What's incredible is, and you may be like me in this, I can start on either side and end up on both sides, right? Anyone there? You just blame and explain your way until you've, you've offended everybody, even if you weren't the one offending in the first place. Um, that's just, maybe that's just a talent I have, but uh, that is something I've discovered. And, and so the reality is when a relationship is in this state, no longer is it the life-giving, 
thing that God designed it to be. It actually can be life-taking, right? Life-sucking. It can, it, can, it can be really painful, and, and it can be a lot worse for a lot longer than even just that initial moment. The wound can grow deeper and wider as time goes on. And the great thing about this is that God really cares about our relationships in need of repair. He really cares, and he wants to help us know how to really bridge this gap or how to repair this breach because he desires this relationship to be something that is life-giving again. God cares so much about your relationships, and I am so desperate today, really in these next four weeks, to, to take some time to speak these truths into your life, put tools in your hands so that not only can you experience reconciliation, which God can do and he wants to do, but really you can experience healing from any wound that has taken place. And that's beautiful. But the truth and an insight just to kind of spell out for all of us when it comes to that is that healing requires a willing me, but reconciliation requires a willing we. Here's what I mean by that is that healing for each side, each side of this, of this rift, each party has their own thing they are responsible for, the own thing that, that God has prescribed to say, hey, this, this can be your path of healing. Here's the principle. Here's the priorities. Here's how you do it. God's given us all that so that we can walk in, in healing, and we can experience that, and the person on the other side of the gap, they have no control on whether or not I experience healing on my end. And I hope, if you're like me, that that brings some relief. That you are not responsible for both sides of the relationship. You're only responsible to your side. And that's beautiful because there is a possible step you can take. No matter how big the gap is, no matter how deep it goes or how wide the breach, God can still heal you no matter which side you're on. That's beautiful. And... God also does, would love for reconciliation to happen so that this relationship that is now breached would become right again and really become life-giving. The challenge of that is it requires a willing we. And so for some of us, we're going to talk about it over the next few weeks. What do you do with that when the person is willing and the person's not willing what do I do? It's great. Again, it creates a little bit of a weight off your chest, I hope, to say, Man, if they don't do their part, I can only, I'm only responsible for mine. I can only handle mine. And at the same time, if you really want to be a part of rebuilding that bridge, you have to be willing to do your part for their sake. So that's what we're going to look about. We're going to talk about the how-tos, talk about the principles. Is that helpful? Would that be helpful to just kind of spell out? Because the reality is we all have relationships here. In fact, I'm sure you've identified one at least, and I hope you have that, that you can maybe apply some of what's going to be talked about too and just try it. I mean, just try what God says. And so that's my hope. Um, and we're going to talk about those how-tos. But before we do that, I do want to take this week today to really speak to us and help us understand what, what's at the heart of division anyway. Like, where does this come from? Why do all of us have relationships in need of repair? Uh, and really what we're going to see is there is a common root, and no matter which side you find yourself on, no matter which side you start on, there's a common root to it all. 
that we're going to discover. Would that be helpful? Is that good? Great. If so, say bueno. I can't see with a mask on, so just bueno. I love it. Awesome. So we're going to dive in today to that. And to do that, we're going to look at a, a really incredible and practical passage written in a letter in our New Testament by James. If you don't know who James is, I love to talk about James. James was actually the brother of Jesus, and uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. He actually opens this letter saying, uh, it's, uh, you know, kind of saying who he is. You know, they started from, then to, instead of to, and then from. Does that make sense? So he would say from James, the, the, uh, the servant of our Heavenly Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, James, the servant of my brother. Now, I just described to you one kind of brotherly relationship. How, how, what would it take for you to admit that your brother was the son of God? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's mind-numbing to think about how James did this. James believed that he was the perfect son of God who fulfilled prophecies that were thousands of years old, 48 of them to be exact. It's an incredible, like it doesn't even make sense that one person in all of humanity could, f- could fulfill that. And yet James believed it. And the only reason he did, honestly, he didn't believe it at first. He didn't believe it when Jesus started teaching. He didn't believe the signs and the miracles. What, he, what caused James to believe this and to follow his own brother and say, I'm the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, is because Jesus predicted his own death and resurrection, and then he pulled it off. And really, anyone who can predict their own death and resurrection and pull it off, you just follow whatever they say. That's kind of the rule of life, if you don't know. I mean, that's kind of what what we believe. And so... um, Anyways, this is where James was. And what's incredible is James fully, I mean, he goes all in on Jesus. His whole life and and the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Spirit of God, James ultimately becomes one of the leaders of the very first church in Jerusalem, which Jerusalem was the city where all this kind of the, the center point where all this took place. And so he he becomes the leader of that church. And from that position, he writes a letter to Christians not just to Christians in one town or in one area, but to Christians scattered among the nations. And here's why I bring that up, and I think that's important. It's because James isn't writing about a local matter. He's not writing about a regional or a cultural situation. He was writing to universal matters or issues that we all face. I would even say they're human issues. Things like division in relationships. And James writes about this in the fourth chapter, it's how we find it in our, in our uh, Bible. The fourth chapter, he writes and speaks to what is at the heart of our division. That's what we're going to go. It's just six verses. It's real clean, but I hope you can follow with, along with me. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there or you can click there, uh, but we'll have the scriptures on the screen with you as well. So let's go and look at how he begins in verse one. He opens just kind of addressing the question, right? What is the cause of the fights and the quarrels among you. Don't they come from the desires that battle between you? Nah. It comes from the desires that are battling within. I love that James, he's using, I mean, really strong language. This word fight and battle, I highlighted them because they're actually the same word. And more often than not, they're translated as wars. In other words, we have these wants or these desires that are warring not just between us, but within us. That if you'll be honest with yourself and I'll be honest with myself, I have these wants that war inside of me. Some of them are are in my relationships, the way I want people 
to respond to me or maybe the way I want to be treated. But some of them have nothing to do with maybe a particular relationship that's broken. Just, just a want for security or a want for significance. Sometimes it's a want for acceptance. Sometimes it's, it's a want for success. Or maybe, maybe it's a want for something uh, like this appetite and this passion I have, good or bad. Maybe it's a want for just perfect control. No matter what it is, we all have them wants that kind of feed our, into us, and they're battling and they're warring. And what James is saying is, listen, there's these warring wants inside of you, and then there's these warring wants inside of me, and they're warring together. And when we collide, these war of wants, they, they, they spill out on one another. And we have these divisions. We have these quarrel, this fighting. James is speaking and saying, really, if you want to understand what's at the heart of the relationship, the division in the relationship, you have to look at your own heart. What's warring within? And let's look at how he continues. He says there's this war of wants. He says, you desire, but you have, so you kill. Now, honestly, I've read this a hundred times, and when I read that line, this is where I just check out, because I don't want to murder anyone anymore, you know, or not like... Not, I mean, I'm, I'm not there yet in this broken relationship. No one, I thought that was a little funnier. First service, they were a little, some of y'all were like, we're not coming back next week. Um, no, I'm seriously like, you don't, you wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that, no way. Neither would James. These are real people. Come on, lean into what he's saying. He's, he's using a hyperbole. He's trying to use serious language, war, battle, fight, kill. He's trying to help us recognize how serious division is. Because if I'm honest, I'm the one who downplays my broken relationship. I don't always admit that my broken relationship over here is affecting my life in this area. No, you know, I'll just leave that there. It's been a few years, but I'll just, I just won't deal with it. We'll just walk away. We'll move. We'll move to Hanover, and we'll just won't, we won't even deal with that. You know, we can just move up here. We did move to Hanover, if you didn't know. Not because of that, but anyways. Um, I'm the one who downplays. But God understands how serious our relationships are. God is the one who recognizes that our broken relationships affect so much more than just our broken relationships. That's why he wants to, to speak to this issue and not just to what's happening between us, but what's happening within us. There's these war of wants that's happening. And so you desire, you have these wants, but you do not have it. And so you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. And so these divisions and these quarrels and these fightings, they just continue to happen. The challenge of covet, this, that word is kind of a strange word. I don't use it often, but it means to hotly pursue. Just think about that wants that people hotly pursue. Haven't you ever seen someone just want respect so bad that they just want it and they hotly pursue it to the point that they actually destroy the respect anyone has for them? Like It's a want that they just hotly pursue and now every relationship is, is kind of left in shambles in the wake of this pursuit. Haven't you seen somebody want success that way? Haven't you seen a parent want a child's future to death and destruction and division? Haven't you seen it? Think about it. Think about the wants you've seen. I, I mean, I just, just wrote down a few of these my, myself. Think about, uh, let me see. 
Haven't you seen someone that they, they are, they're so desperate to feel secure in a relationship that it literally consumes them? I mean, they are, they are, it's all they want. It's all they desire. And, and reality is they chase it, they chase it, and they need it, and they need it. And then somebody leaves, and now they are more insecure than ever, all because they wanted it. What's challenging about our wants and our desires is that if they were, we're not careful, they can become these hotly pursued things, these things that we chase after to the point of destruction, to the point of what James would say is the point of death. That anytime a want becomes the main thing I chase, the main thing that's driving me, when that want becomes a God to me, it will only lead to brokenness and division. Even good ones. Listen to this. Even the good ones that God gives us, when they become the gods that lead us, can become idols that destroy us. You desire, but you don't have, and so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, and so the division and the fighting continues. You don't have what you you do not have what you want because you don't ask. And then look at this. And when you do ask, you don't, this is so key, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives that you would spend what you get on your pleasures. I, I think what's so incredible about what James kind of, kind of brings to light here, it's not in the words that he says, it's really in the words he doesn't say. Because what, what he says is God actually does hear your prayers. He hears your asking. God does actually give. It's the problem's not with God. The issue isn't there. The holdup is with me, that I'm not the one who's receiving. And if we're honest, when we have a want in the war that is driving our response and our reactions and our behaviors, when that's the way want is settled in our hearts, not only can we fail to ask for the right things, we fail to receive the right good things God wants to give. That's the challenge that comes with a war of wants. That's, I really think, the thing that the Lord is trying to speak to through James, kind of whittle down. And maybe this is a little deep. Maybe this kind of is burrowing. But, but I'll be honest. I had some pushback to this myself. I, I really felt like, God, yeah, but there are, there's got to be some legitimate wants I have. And, and maybe, maybe you'd say this. Brandon, it's not that I want this. It's, it's really that I deserve it, right? Don't I deserve these things in life, and, and you will probably be right, but reality is we, we want what we deserve, right? It's a want. It's still a want, even, even good legitimate things. But when they become things that are driving us, that things that we covet can really create damage and brokenness, can leave things in a state of repair. And, and so we come to this point, and, and I'm wrestling with this passage. I don't even want to teach it, honestly. And so I just have a moment when I sit in, in my car with my wife and I just start listing out the relationships that are broken and in need of repair. And you know what's humbling? At the bottom of every one of those, I could find a want. That in every one of those broken relationships, I had a want in the war. And it was humbling to admit that. It's humbling to recognize that really the divisions in my life they weren't these anomalies or it wasn't like they just came out of nowhere. No, actually, these divisions were reflections of wars that were happening within me 
not just between me and other people, but within me there was a war of wants. And really, that's what the Lord is trying to speak to us through James. That listen, at the heart of every division is a war of wants. That's really the one thing to know. I give you one thing to know every week, that's it. At the heart of every division in your life, every broken relationship, every relationship, if you will take the time to sit down and be honest, if you're like me, you'll find a want in the war. But the beautiful thing is that God wants more for you. Your heavenly father is good, and he wants more for you even than the things that you want in your own heart. Look at what James continues. He says, your heavenly father, actually this is me, I say your heavenly father wants more. But this is what James says, God wants to give us more grace, grace to overcome the warring wants inside, a grace to stop the endless cycles of these appetites and desires that control us and impact our relationships and honestly impact so much more than we realize. God wants to give us a grace to take the necessary steps towards healing, but also towards reconciliation and repair. A grace to satisfy the good wants that are in my heart. But you realize that the, the, there are some wants in you, wants for acceptance, for significance, for freedom, for value that only our Heavenly Father can satisfy. And anytime we hotly pursue those in any other relationship, it will only result and division. That's the kind of grace God wants to give us. He wants to give us more grace. He wants to meet us in those places of division so that we can experience a grace like never before. That's what he wants for you. And so today, I just want to give you one really practical thing. This might be a little heavy, maybe a, a heady thing. Like, man, I, I can't, I don't even, I don't know what I want, which is fine if you're there. I'm there sometimes. But if you don't know that, here, here's, here's kind of the thing to do. What's the one thing to do with all this? It's this. Submit yourselves then to God. In other words, trade what you want for what he wants. It's, it's that simple. It's that possible. And so the next time you have a broken relationship or a relationship in need of repair, here's, here's kind of what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to just... Take a moment before you go to the other person, before you blame and explain, or maybe before you try to make things right. Just take a moment and allow the Lord to come and speak to you and, and do this. Say, hey, Lord, I have a want. In fact, I say this line. It's pretty funny. Sometimes I actually say this, like if I'm arguing with Hannah, I'll say this out loud, not for her, but really for me. I'm not getting what I want. It's, it's really the bottom line. In fact, try that. Just say that with me. I'm not getting what I Oh, yeah, I'm not getting it. Yeah, that's it. It's amazing how freeing that is to say sometimes and humbling because it makes you focus here. And so the next time you have one of those broken moments, just take, a, take a, some time to say, I'm not getting what I want. And then ask God, so what do you want? And once you've done that, you allow the Lord to speak to your heart. He may kind of put something, just kind of, sometimes God speaks through our thoughts or sometimes he'll, show us a place in scripture, or lead us to, or just remind us. He uses all those things to speak to us and show us what he wants. And then we get to choose which, which want we're going to pursue. 
In fact, um, I did this myself. I, have, I, I used to have paper journals, but now I, I have a journal on my um, iPad. And so I took a, my iPad and I drew a line down the center of a page. And I just, I wrote on one side of the page all the relationships that um, kind of are broken in need of repair. And I wrote down the relationships. And then I actually wrote down, if I kind of could identify a want, I'd just write it down. And then on the other side of the line, I just ask God, okay, what do you want? And uh, honestly, in every one, God said something. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. I've actually done this multiple times. He never fails. Uh, it's pretty, if you will just admit what you want and then allow God to speak, he will speak. So he, I wrote those down. And then the beautiful thing about that is now I have this page and I have these two sides, and I get to choose which side I'm going to live on. And you can have that same experience. We, we've all been in places where we've been offended. We've been the offender. But when we allow God to speak to the warring once inside, when we allow him to expose what he wants for us, we can choose whether we're going to live here or whether we're going to move forward and live on his side of the page. I believe that's what he wants for you, and I really believe that's what he wants for all of us. That's what he can do. And so I, I just want to lead us. I know you've been thinking, and I'm sure there's a relationship you have, that you've been thinking about this, a relationship that needs some repair. And I just want to invite you this week, would you do that for just one relationship? Would you take a moment to write down just what, what the relationship is? Is there a want? You don't have to identify them all. The great thing is your Heavenly Father, he knows but just write down if you can find a want there. And then take some time to hear what he says. And at that point, I believe you'll have a choice, just like I did, of where to live in that relationship. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.